and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober, encouraging believers to stand on the Word of God, and motivating believers to be truth dealers with a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Where no matter what time zone you're in, it is Truth O'Clock. I am Brian Moonen, and I am sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. The truth is God's word, amen, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 Now, I just set up, I have everything plugged in correctly, all my equipment, nothing should be wrong with it, and my microphone was not working, and this weird black bird landed outside, and I'm looking at it, I'm just sitting here thinking, praying, I said, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, protect us from all these powers and principalities that are messing with us right now. And it's, as soon as I finished my prayer, and I said, thank you, in Jesus' name, the microphone came on, and I could see the level come back on, and it began to work again. And I praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm not saying the bird had anything to do with it, but it was odd. This weird bird came, was looking, into, <laughs> looking through the window at me. It was just creeped me out a little, alongside all these other powers and principality battles that take place when you are on the battlefield. Spiritual warfare takes place every day. So I'm in here today trying to bring you a message about Charles Spurgeon, a man who many people idolize, flat out idolize. And it has to be because they're ignorant of these things that this man said and taught, as I have been over the years, up till now, utter blasphemy against the Lord Jesus Christ. Utter blasphemy. He blasphemed the Lord God over and over and over again. And I can't believe I've never read these quotes. They're in his sermons. It's not stuff he was mumbling in his dreams that somebody claimed and write down. This is in his sermons damnable heresy. If any other modern preacher or CCM music or song or television disc jockey on uh, TBN said the things that this man said, they would be called out upside down, backwards, forwards, sideways, and exposed twice by anyone who regards the Lord. And this man was a subtle, subtle snake. 
And when you hear these quotes, if you don't understand he knew what he was doing, he can't be this ignorant. And even if he just was, it had to be from being lost. It's that kind of ignorance. And I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of these terms that are real subtle that he used because that's kind of, you could, you could split hairs about that and say, well, you know, the Luciferians, the Freemasons, the Satanists, they can use that term, but that term could be biblical. Okay, whatever. I'm not even going there. But when you take all those and you put them with the ones I am going to bring to your attention today, there is zero chance it was an accident. This is the definition of a wolf in sheep's clothing. And I praise God that these things are written down and they they were kept track of and they have been cataloged and chronicled for us to go back and see what the man said out of his own mouth. He has condemned himself. And I am shocked to read these things. LibertyToTheCaptives.net is the site where you can find a lot of this information. I'll put the link in the description box. The only way I can explain it is just to get into it. The man out and out must have been a Freemason. He had the Freemasons. They're, they're a very satanic occult organization. Very, very satanic. He had the Freemasons lay the stone, the cornerstone of his little temple, tabernacle place. After God burned the other church down, they rebuilt bigger and better and made it look like a Masonic temple. It is the exact same design with six pillars, and it's the same design as an, as other temples in other places in the world. But the Freemasons laid the cornerstone, and they had a ceremony with their whole costumes on and everything, and Spurgeon was right there and took part in the ceremony. So that right there is wrong. It's not led by the Holy Spirit to do that. Ephesians 5.11 and so many other scriptures tell us to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. But what I have to get to is this man called the Holy Spirit miracles of Jesus Christ magic, spells. He, this is so, this is so wicked. This is what I believe Jesus said. This is just like when they told, they accused the Lord Jesus Christ of using the devil's power to do his miracles. Unforgivable. You're calling the Holy Spirit the power of the devil. That is satanic. And he slips it in time after time after time. It's not one slip of the tongue. This man synchronized. He tried to synchronize the, the powers of darkness and equate them with God's power. God does not use witchcraft. Witchcraft does not save a man's soul. Witchcraft does not, did not raise the Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. God is holy. There is to be proclaimed the difference between the holy and the profane. Magic, sorcery, witchcraft 
are an abomination to God. Those are the works of the devil that Jesus Christ came to destroy. He did not use the power of Satan to cast out Satan. And God has nothing to do with witchcraft or magic or spells or sorcery. And it's not a cute poetic thing to attach those words with the power of Almighty God and the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm upset about it because I, I did not know any of this was here until recently. And my, the reason is because, and including myself, I, I was ignorant. But I was sharing memes. Oh, this is a great quote by Spurgeon. What an intelligent quote by Spurgeon. Little quotes cherry-picked out of maybe even messages that had this blasphemy. I don't know. And I'm guilty of that. So I'm repenting of that. God, forgive me for promoting this wicked man. I'm going to get a cup of coffee and be right back to start reading these quotes. Okay, I got my coffee. Spurgeon likened magic ointment with God's anointing uh, of our eyes with eye salve. I just have to read these. I mean, some are worse than others, but it's all blasphemy. And, and I quote, You know the old Arab story of the Muslim who crossed his eyes with a magic ointment, and straightway, instead of the common house in which he lived, he saw a palace sparkling with diamonds, radiant with rubies, adorned with emeralds and gold. After such manner, the Lord opens up to us a passage of Scripture by anointing our eyes with eye salve that we may see what sights we have beheld in the Word. First of all, I didn't know that story because I don't read Muslim stuff, but uh, after such manner, okay, and again, like I said, now this one where you could split hairs, well, he's just comparing it. Well, why do we want to compare the miracle that God does of spiritually opening our eyes to the Holy, by, by with the, communicating with the Holy Spirit in, in Scripture, Holy Spirit-inspired Scripture, the living Word of God, to this garbage? There is no comparison. One is darkness and lies, because it probably never happened, and one is truth. The truth, the way, the truth, and the life, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh. There's zero comparison. So I hate that quote, and I think that's really stupid. At the very least, it's stupid. And if anybody else said it, I would say that. Spurgeon likened the name of Jesus Christ to a magical phrase, open sesame, and says the name of Jesus is a, quote, magic word. See, this is, that's what I'm saying about, this is wickedness, okay? This is wickedness. I hate this so much. I hate reading these quotes. And I, <laughs> like I say, you know, if Kenneth Copeland, this, this almost makes Osteen and all these other false teachers of our day pale in comparison. Because this man had so, he was a lot like a Billy Graham. He had so much promotion from the media Masons. And he was very he was very well liked and famous. Listen to this blasphemy. 
Once understand that Jesus has borne our sins and carried our sorrows, and we see that the felicities of eternity are prepared for us, his name is the open sesame of the gates of paradise. Learn but to pronounce the name of Jesus from your heart as all your confidence, and you have learned a magic word which will scatter troops of opposing foes. Blah, blah, blah. I got to move on. I can't even. Spurgeon wants you to think occult books are foolish and not to be taken seriously. This is another subtle thing that he always does. He says that um, stuff about witchcraft and different stuff makes it like there's no power or like it's superstition and everything. That's a lie. That is a lie. Because if that was the truth, God would not command us not to dabble in that power. And there is power in the dark side. The devil does have occult, there's rituals and spells and power and different things that people tap into that's totally satanic. And the Freemasons, they call it the seething energies of Lucifer. And you're going to see where this man Spurgeon, he called God the eternal Freemason. He called God by the name that the Freemasons use, the great architect, the great builder, and all this garbage. And that can't be an accident. But to say that Jesus, you're going to see worse quotes. I've only just begun with this. I'm sorry, I got to stop interrupting myself, but it makes me very upset. Spurgeon taught that a magic spell cast over the Spirit is the vehicle through which the Holy Spirit made the dead to live and be born again in Jesus Christ. This is so wicked. There is zero reason to do this. There's no reason to use these terms to describe the power of God. This is wickedness. This is wrong. This is sinful. This is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and against our holy, thrice holy God and against the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross and was buried and rose again. He came to defeat the works and destroy the works of the devil. And magic and spells and witchcraft and all this stuff is the work of the devil. And it's forbidden by God. So it's it's so wrong. It's so wrong. Here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon. He's talking about when somebody is born again. I say not that a single feature may be altered. The person may be the same in feature, but oh, what a marvelous difference there is in the expression of the whole contour of the countenance when free grace and dying love have cast their magic spell over the spirit and the Holy Spirit has made the dead to live and the person has been born again in Christ Jesus. That's just satanic. That is satanic blasphemy. (sighs) Chapter and verse, Chuck. Spurgeon falsely and blasphemously stated there was more magic in the power of Jesus' name 
than in the power of Moses' rod. So magic is the power, he's saying. First of all, the Bible doesn't say Moses used magic. Oy vey. Moses did not do anything. God performs miracles. God, the power of God, parted the Red Sea. Stand back and see the salvation of the Lord. It's the power of the Lord. And it's not magic power. It's not the devil's power. Here's another, here's the, here's the quote where he says there's, there's magic in Jesus' name in the power, the magic power, okay? We defy the whole world to show anything comparable to the power of Jesus' name. There is more magic in it than ever was in Moses' rod. So he's saying the, the power is magic, the magic power. That's what he's saying is doing the power, <laughs> doing the work, let me read it again. We defy the whole world to show anything comparable to the power of Jesus' name. There is more magic in it. No, there's no magic in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no darkness in him. There is none. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. He's holy. And magic is unholy. Oh, so I can't. I can hardly read these quotes. Either way, it's blasphemous. He is blaspheming. He's mocking Jesus Christ. Dude said that it was a magic spell when somebody got born again. That's satanic. That's mocking God. That's mocking our Lord and Savior. That's all that is. I don't care if there's 80% truth weaved in. When he throws that in there, this is a false Christ. This is a false Luciferian Freemasonic G God, the great architect. This is the devil that he is preaching. He's teaching that the power of the devil is at work in the work of God. It's Gnostic. And it's totally confusion. It's totally blasphemy. I'm going to take a break from these quotes and read from the Bible. 1 Timothy 4.1 Now the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit with a capital S, not the magic spirit. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And it goes on. Because some of these things, okay, Doctrines of devils would be saying that the Holy Spirit used witchcraft to save souls. That would be a doctrine of devils. If you can't admit that, if you can't see that, you got to repent of your idol worship of this man. Period. Speaking lies 
in hypocrisy. These are lies about God that this man uttered. These are lies about the Lord Jesus Christ using magic and spells and charms and witchcraft. These are lies. These aren't poetic little descriptions. These are lies because words have meanings. Bible definitions. These words are real words that have real meanings in the Bible. And this man was speaking real lies and it's real hypocrisy and it's doctrines of devils. There's just no way around that. The Pharisees, <laughs> they had their own little uh, Freemasonic occult group, if you will. Jesus casted devils out of people all the time because people were calling Jesus Christ the Messiah. They said, all the, and all the people were amazed and said, is this not the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I, by Beelzebub, cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house? He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Praise God. Notice here, Jesus Christ said that he, he was doing his, how was he doing his miracles? By the Spirit of God, capital S, Spirit of God, it was not a magic spell. And nobody can convince me that it's okay to say that it's a magic spell, even if you're trying to. It's not just an analogy. These words have a meaning in the Bible. These are not just false terms or, or superstitious terms. These are literally sinful acts. These are the powers of darkness. You're attributing the powers of darkness with what the Holy Spirit does. If you want to rate miracles, it's the main miracle. It's the biggest miracle, raising the Jesus from the dead and, and making a person be born again by the power of God, raising the dead physically and spiritually, raising, raising us to newness of life, quickening us, by the power of God. 1 Corinthians 6.14 says, And God 
hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Okay, so it's by God's power. So if you're saying the power that raised people up and resurrected Jesus is the same power that saves us, if you're saying that's a spell or magic or witchcraft or sorcery, that's blasphemy. That is blaspheming the Holy Ghost. That's blaspheming God the Father. That is blaspheming the Lord Jesus Christ in every way you can, really. It's really, really sinful language. It's very antichrist. It's very unbiblical. It's very, um, it's a lie. It's just a lie from the pit of hell. Romans 1.16 also says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You really, really, really need to be in the Word of God. The Word of God is what's important. The Word of God exposes false doctrines, doctrines of devils. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus is the Word made flesh. All of these things are true. And he's making it of none effect because he's he's equating it and saying, literally calling it a magic spell and saying that God casts a magic spell over people. It, that's very, very wicked. And saying there's magic in the name of Jesus, magic power. That's very wicked. It's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. It's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. I say it, <laughs> I have to repeat it again. The man was blaspheming the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, period. That's what those quotes are. Spurgeon said that the text of Scripture can heal people by a kind of heavenly magic. Okay, it, again, it's blasphemy. There's nothing holy about magic. There's no good thing about magic there's no little Disney side of magic. It's all wicked. It's witchcraft. There's no magic in heaven, Charles. It's it's the occult. It's wrong. It's an abomination. It's forbidden, okay? Spell it out. It's always wrong. And so to constantly use this term and equate it with God's power and God's word and God's holy son the Messiah and God's character and salvation and the cross we're going to see, this is wicked and this is satanic. Unless you're talking about a different God, the God of Freemasonry, who is actually Lucifer. If you were talking about that God with a small g, the God of Freemasonry, then these quotes would make sense in a kind of a crafty way. Spurgeon quote, I have said, and I cannot help saying it often, my dear friend, I cannot comfort you as I should like to. I have never been exactly in your circumstances, and therefore I cannot enter into your peculiar grief. But I would remind you that one person of the divine trinity has undertaken the office of comforter 
and he can do what nobody else can. You must sometimes have felt the power of a single text of scripture laid upon a wound in your heart. It will staunch the bleeding and heal by a sort of heavenly magic. There we go again. You always got to bring magic into it. It's leaven. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. You just corrupted your whole statement. Could you imagine if I did this on my show every time I open up my mouth, say a bunch of true stuff from the Bible, and then at the end throw in there and and say that it's a a magic spell over you? Or just come on, come on. Spurgeon flatly stated that the name of Christ is magic. Go tell the men that preach their new doctrine that they cannot stir a tiny village with their fine theories after they preach them once or twice. And yet for 27 years we can hold a multitude with no magic but the name of Christ, with no mystery but the cross, the blood, and the one word, believe in Christ and live. But but the name of Christ is not magic, Charles. The name of Christ is holy. How sad. Why? Why? (laughs) The man is deceived. He says that Jesus Christ's affection is a magic circle. (laughs) If you know much about the occult a little bit, you know, this is used in witchcraft, a magic circle. Also used in, uh, you know, satanic rituals and stuff. Jesus Christ, who had loved his own that were in the world, loved them to the end. It was not possible for them, with all their follies, failings, and sins, to break through the magic circle of his affection. Again, you you always got to equate magic with the Lord's power, with the Lord's... There's something wrong with that. Real, really, really wrong. It's a pattern. It's an evil pattern. It's a subtle, evil pattern. It's actually not so subtle, but it is really weird and bad. Very strange. God, Spurgeon says, God will use a Christian's prayer like a magic wand. I'm so sick and tired of this. Oh, Lord. Who is this person? Why? Why was I never shown this before? Magic, magic, everything. You know... Very, very, very annoying. Very wicked. Very wicked. So unnecessary. So crafty. So false. So false. My God will hear me. Now, child of God, go away with the promise in your, in your hand and in your heart. My God will hear me and then use it like a magic wand. Turn it whichever way you will, and it will clear your path. Again, I, I, I can't, I can't even. No, Chuck, we don't use God's promises and God's word like a magic wand. Because we don't use a magic wand, Chuck. That's sinful, satanic, even. So we wouldn't do that. 
And you're, wow. Oh, he says the grace of God he compared to a magic wand. I can't make this stuff up. In in this longer quote, he says that the mighty grace of God, better than a magic wand, opened his closed heart. Okay, now here's where people will say, well, he's just comparing it to a magic wand. He didn't say it was magic. Yeah, but in all the other quotes, he literally said it's magic and it's spells and it's a wand and this and that and everything. Okay, so stifle it because I'm showing you the pattern that this man put forth in all through his career and it's blasphemous. And he constantly comes back to it like a dog to his vomit. And even if they were all just comparisons, there is nothing good about anything to do with magic. Wands, spells, cauldrons, witches, whatever. There's nothing good there at all. All of it is opposed to God. All of it is opposed to the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're really mocking Jesus Christ by saying that it's as good as that. There is no good in that. That's darkness. So again, it's another subtle way, really not so subtle, if you can discern, to mock Jesus Christ and mock the power of God. He called the cross of Jesus Christ crucified, quote, wondrous magic. Well, who would, who would say something like that? Could it be Satan? And as he falls, you hear him say, into, into your hands I commend my spirit. What wondrous magic was on him, sirs? What made that man strong? What helped him? It was the thing of power. It was the cross of Jesus crucified. God's grace is not magic, people. <laughs> I can't. This is false teaching. This is the definition of evil men and seducers crept in unawares. They don't come in with a giant, a ball cap that says false teacher embroidered on it on the top, a button on their uh, lapel on their jacket that says I'm a Freemason. I'm here to deceive you. I'm here to twist God's word. They subtly twist and sneak it in. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Nobody's in there trying to bake a whole pan of leaven with a little bit of wheat. This man deceived people with this doctrines of devils. This is doctrines of devils. Again, Doctrines of devils. Saying that magic has anything to do with salvation to save people's souls is satanic. Saying that magic was on the cross of Jesus is satanic. It's wickedness. Jesus cast spells over us, Spurgeon said. Jesus, he, he said that Jesus did what Satan does, okay? That's really what this is. Jesus has made himself known to us. He has stood behind us and his shadow has fallen over us. He has manifested himself to us as he does not to the world. Many a time has he cast a spell over us and bathed us in mystic influence. Okay, 
I, I can't read the rest of the, I, I'm, I'm going to stop there. That's, that's wrong. Okay. That's evil to say that. Again, I, I shouldn't have to point that out after each quote, but I'm trying to show you this cannot be an accident. This is wrong teaching. This is evil. This is satanic. This is bad fruit. And you know, you know what Jesus is going to cast? He's going to cast unbelievers and false teachers into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's what Jesus is going to cast. Revelation 20, 15. Revelation 20, 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's when Jesus is going to cast. He doesn't cast spells. He casts spellcasters. Revelation 21.8 says, But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see how much God is opposed to magic and sorcery and witchcraft. It's judged and it will be judged. In one message, he used the term, the spell of the cross. You know, even the Catholics don't talk like this. I mean, this is so wicked. He shall put his foot on the neck of my pride and shall command my every thought and wish where I cannot rule. Jesus can. Oh, can Jesus stop you from calling the Holy Spirit witchcraft? Rebellious lusts acknowledge the spell of the cross. And indwelling sin falls like Dagon before that ark. How eloquent, except it's blasphemous garbage. The spell of the cross, that's evil. It's evil speaking. That's corrupt communication. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. The power of God is not witchcraft spells. It's not a spell. It's not magic. It's not witchcraft. It's the holy power of God. God is holy. God is holy. God is holy. Again, this false teacher said... Spurgeon taught that God casts a spell on us and charms us. The goodness of God sees us allured by sin and it resolves to try upon us the more powerful allurements of love. Do we not remember when the lover of our souls first cast a spell upon us and charmed us away from the fascinations of the world? Buddy, you know, that is no way to word it. There is no reason 
to say that. You can talk about salvation. You can use scripture and you can speak of the power of God without saying it's a spell because it's not. You must not know the power of God if you are so wicked that you will use these terms to describe the work and the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God, who is holy on his throne, will not, will not suffer this. This man will be judged. <sighs> Again, it's blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. It's blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and draws us. God's power draws us to the Lord Jesus Christ. God gives us supernaturally. He gives us repentance and faith. These are all the works of God, the true and living God. Now, Spurgeon taught that foolish people believe in the reality of witchcraft and divination. That sounds like what Satan would want you to think, okay? Satan wants you to think it's all Hollywood, so to speak. It's all make-believe. It's all pretend. I've heard that time and time and time again from family members who don't understand why we don't want to use go watch Harry Potter or this and that and the other thing. It's because it is a truly forbidden act. Witchcraft is real. Divination is forbidden in the Bible. Witchcraft is forbidden in the Bible. Magic, charming, sorcery, all these things are forbidden. They're not make-believe. They're real things that occur, that happen, that have power behind them, the power of the devil, okay? These are real sins. It says, there are still a few foolish people in the world who believe in witchcraft and spells, but you, beloved, if you love the Lord, throw such nonsense to the winds. Do you not hear people talk about this being lucky and that unlucky? Okay, now, first of all, that's, now that's superstition. That's not, to that's not necessarily witchcraft or spells or divination, what he just mentioned. So he, that's a little straw man slipped in there. This notion is heathenish and unchristian. Yes, it is. Kind of like calling the Holy Spirit witchcraft. Never utter such nonsense. But even if there were such things as witchcraft and divination, oh, those, you, what, 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 hold up. I thought God said there were those things. Chuck. Yes, God did say those things are real. Those things are not are not nonsense. They're not nonsense. And if they were nonsense, why would you be using those words to describe God's Holy Spirit? Who's the fool? Anybody who's saved and has the Holy Spirit in them can see through this nonsense. This man is full of nonsense. Talking circles, trying to cancel God's word with his doctrines of devils. So he says, even if there were such things as witchcraft and divination, if this house were full of devils and the air swarmed with invisible spirits of an evil sort, yet if we are the people of God, surely there is no enchantment against us. This is a wicked man. He says witchcraft and manifestations of evil spirits are merely superstitions, okay? So, again, who would want you to think that? <laughs> who? Who? The devil wants people to think that. 
says, this is, this is worldly lies, is what this is. He uses a lot of really subtle things in this quote. It's kind of a long quote. I don't know if I feel like reading this out loud. He says, supposed manifestations of evil spirits, like they don't exist. We who believe in Jesus are, are to be ashamed of such superstitions, lest a lie should have dominion over us. Okay. Uh, again and again, he claims that witchcraft and witches are not real and stuff like that. He says, all that is sheer superstition as base as the witchcraft for which old women were burned in the evil days of the past. Oh. Oh. That's quite a mouthful there. First of all, you're saying that the witchcraft was superstition. It wasn't real, in other words. It was all like, you know, hokey tricks. And and then you're saying that, well, you're saying they shouldn't have been burned, I guess. God said, suffer not a witch to live, and there were witches in the Old Testament that were put to death, and God is holy. So does Charles understand that? Witches, he says, they're not real. They only pretend to be witches. Where's he getting all this information from? Not from the Bible. They, He says, um, people who think they could be affected by witchcraft are victims of deception. Okay, now who, who the heck would want you to think that? <laughs> maybe a warlock would want you to think that you can't be hurt by witchcraft. Cause you know, he's talking to a lot. There's a lot of lost people in the audience. He had this big Masonic temple that was full a lot of times. I mean, uh, tabernacle, pardon me. And she so got lost people in the audience and he's doing callings at the end. You know, a lot of people in there could have been oppressed by witchcraft. Only the devil would want you to think there's nothing really there. Oh, it's not, there's no devil. There's no witchcraft. There's no, there's no, it's all like, it's all nonsense. You know, a man of God that's called to be preaching should be preaching. First of all, he should be preaching against it and warning against it and warning about it. He said, have they no brains within their skulls? Have they no faculty or thought? Have they no reasoning power? What singular defect can be traced to their birth or with what fatal folly have they renounced their common sense? Ought we to pity, to chide, or to scorn them? In indictments for witchcraft, I suppose, you punish the impostor as a knave, while you laugh at the victim as as a dupe. So he's saying that, you know, the witch is just a pretender, and the person that's scared of the witchcraft is a dupe. See, these are subtle ideas. It keeps weaving them in, weaving them in, weaving them in. Spurgeon sometimes preached just like a religious liberal, seeking to cause his hearers to think certain doctrines in the Bible are false. Oh, yea, hath God said? He said, we shall not attempt to discuss the question as to whether these magicians actually did turn their rods into serpents or not. <sighs> well, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Hello? Hello, McFly? What does the Bible say? I don't need you to discuss the question if it happened or not, Bible corrector man. What does the Bible say? The Bible, which I will not correct, 
In Exodus chapter 7, beginning in verse 11, thus saith God's word, Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments, for they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. Pretty easy to understand. But Charles Spurgeon says, It is probable that they, by dexterous sleight of hand, substituted living serpents for dry rods, and so deceived the eyes of Pharaoh. And the other hand, it is possible that God was pleased to permit the devil to aid their enchantments, and so the old serpent produced a brood. Ha, ha, ha. Well, why are you producing doubt? Why don't you just read what it says, interpret it literally? Because it happened. It happened. And he wants people to think not to be really, oh, magic is just, oh, kind of like superstitious. But then you use the same word to describe God's holy power. That's wrong, man. Wrong for so many reasons. Blasphemous and crafty. He called faith, faith, faith. <laughs> faith is a gift from God. Faith is imparted unto us by God. We can't be born again by our own power. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God is the seed. It's all of God, okay? Salvation is of the Lord. He called faith a magician's wand. Ah. <sighs> Faith is a wonderful magician's wand. It works marvels. It achieves impossibilities. It grasps the incomprehensible. So those are some pretty cool things that a magician's wand can do that he's claiming. Sounds pretty, you know, enticing. And then he says, faith is a wonderful magician's wand. No, it's not. And I reject that lie. Again, the magician's wand given a positive connotation. He says Jesus's name. He links it to the wonders of a magician's wand. Quote, I know that the very thought of Jesus keeps me back from sin and impels me. It doesn't keep you from blasphemy. <laughs> yes. I got to say, it is not stopping you, Chuck. It's scary where he was at. He says, I know that the very thought of Jesus keeps me back from sin and impels me in the path of duty. I know that his name exercises such a charm over me that no magician's wand ever wrought such wonders. This guy's a pain in my side, man. A stench. In God's nostrils, all these quotes are blasphemy. And I don't care if it says like, as, in such manner in some of them, and some of them it doesn't. It's all blasphemy. It's all unnecessary. It's all uncalled for. It's all lies. It's lies. It's an abomination to God. And it grieves the Holy Spirit. Spurgeon again preaching... Doubt of God's word, especially when it comes to casting doubt on what Satan has done. 
through his servants. It says, quote, the magicians of Egypt turned water into blood or pretended to do it. Oh, textural criticism. Come on now. All the big time defenders of the King James Bible. Going to call Spurgeon out because this is what he's doing. Oh, or they pretended to. What does it say in the Bible? Again, what does it say in the Bible? God is not dumb. The Bible wasn't just written down from a human perspective, what they observed and what they could comprehend. All scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit, not the magic spirit. Exodus 7, 22 says, And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. It says they did the same thing. God allowed them to do it. There is evil power in witchcraft. And God said they did the same thing. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. He didn't say they pretended to do it. It said they did it. And it says they were magicians. They weren't just tricksters. They weren't just a bunch of people tricking Pharaoh with a bunch of card tricks. They were practicers of magic, satanic activities, sinful people. What a terrible, terrible thing. You know, and, and that's what I mean, subtle, very subtle. Did God say? Did that really happen? Oh, does the word of God say that? And people who don't know their Bible are led astray. He did not want Christians to believe God's warnings against the occult. A wizard's spell is not real, he said. Only the ignorant would believe that a wizard could actually cast a spell. Oh, leave that to God, right? God's casting spells over us, according to Spurgeon. No confusion there. He says, now, therefore, hear me while I sorrowfully tell you what is the sentence passed upon all of you who this night are out of Christ. Sinner, tonight you are cursed. You are cursed not by some wizard whose fancied spell can only frighten the ignorant. Hmm. Let's see. That would make it sound like it's all just pretend. Like you just have to be an ignorant fool to be afraid of a wizard's spell. Obviously, as children of God, we're not to fear. That's not what I mean, but he's making it sound like there's no power there. God said um, a wizard should be put to death. And that's a very serious capital punishment for witchcraft, sorcery, wizardry, necromancy, divination, all these things that Spurgeon just makes it sound like they're old, you know, wives' tales, old, old fables and stuff. And Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 11 through 12, I mean, there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination or an observer of times or an enchanter 
or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Verse 13. So is God kind of ignorant? You know, he's like afraid and ignorant and weak. Wow. See where it leads, right? When you when you twist and sneak these crafty little ideas in that contradict the word of God and that contradict God's character, that contradict God's holiness. It's damnable heresy to do that to God's character, to God's word, to God's clear teaching, to the doctrine of Christ. Interesting, he keeps saying there's this impotent fake power, and then he uses that word to describe God's power. Which is it? Which, which one is true, Chuck? Which one is true? God, he says God uses enchantment and a potent spell to lead you to Christ. What a wicked person. Again, it's mixed with truth. He mixes in the truth. When he lifted upon you the light of his countenance, and when you found favor in his eyes, there were charms, attractions, drawings comfortable to the nature of your mind. There were sweet constraints of divine enchantment, which enamored you of the beauties of Christ, a potent spell of divine persuasion, which led you to listen to the voice of Christ and believe. No, actually, I did not believe on Jesus Christ because of a potent spell. The Holy Spirit doesn't cast spells. Sorry. Wrong again. Now, I don't need extra satanic words to describe God's grace, God's long-suffering, God's mercy, God's love. I don't need it. I have the Word of God. The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And it's truth, and there's no darkness in it. It's not a witchcraft book. It's the truth. And God's word is holy. God is holy. The Lord Jesus Christ is holy. Unfortunately, there is a lot more in part two. If you can imagine it being worse, it gets a little worse maybe. Please tune in again for part two. I'm not sure when I'm going to have that released. But thank you for tuning in. God bless you all. Be strong in the Lord. Tune in for part two. Thank you. God bless. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. 
If you are led to support this ministry, there is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com.